Everyone, how's it going? Hey there. Thanks for having me on. Hey, can you hear me well? Yeah, we can you hear great. you good. Can you guys hear me all right? Yep, we can hear you just fine. Um, Illuminati, can you make Aki a co-host, please? Okay, great. Um, I guess we'll get started on time today. Thank you, everyone, for coming um, and joining another episode of The Roundtable. Um, today, we're going to have Aki on to talk about DLC Link and also shill Bitcoin. Um, so it'll be a great conversation. Um, feel free to come up if you have any questions um, and message us, message us if you have any questions also. Um, but yeah, looking forward for this great talk and definitely want to get everyone as involved as possible. So we can start off by um, Aki giving a quick introduction to himself and then we can kind of take it from there. Great, great. And thanks again for having me on. Thank you everyone for joining. Uh, just to kind of keep it short, I'm an entrepreneur. I was a software engineer, a VC, etc. but I got into entrepreneurship 10 years ago, worked at a distributed database company uh, when it was a called big data thing was, was starting out. And then I founded an AI marketing tech company, which I led for eight years called Market Muse. Um, and basically worked with some scientists and pioneered a new way of using AI and machine learning to optimize content for SEO uh, and for publishers. And that became you know successful company. It's still around um, and, and, and all that. But I wanted to step away and build. I really enjoy building products that help society and building products that take a, kind of an academic invention and turn it into a real usable product. And so I came to crypto almost two years ago. Um, and, uh, and, and basically found this uh, invention called discrete law contracts that enable, smart con uh, that enable Bitcoin to be controlled by smart contracts like Ethereum and are, are building a company around it. And so this whole voyage has taken me down the, or taken us, uh, we've got a team working on this, taken us down the path of, you know, what is the relevance of Bitcoin today? What, you know, what's the future of Bitcoin, Bitcoin versus ETH? I mean, you name it, we've, you know, we, we've heard. And, and of course, how can Bitcoin be used in DeFi? Should Bitcoin be used in DeFi? Should there be DeFi on Bitcoin? Uh, and kind of what is the utility of Bitcoin overall? And, and what does the future hold? So really excited to, to unpack some of those perspectives today. Nice. Yeah, I've always, you know, always loved hearing more about like building on Bitcoin, DeFi on Bitcoin. So definitely looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, to give a little bit of background to myself, too, I am uh, head of labs at Momentum 6, the VC fund behind the um, Illuminati and also M6 Labs. Um, I feel like I don't always tell people that when we hop on here, but, you know, um, feel free to follow me for great content. Um, but also, you know, just follow our pages and follow our newsletters. Um, Ali is on board here too. Um, you can give a quick introduction to yourself also, and then we can get started. Yeah, I was just uh, recently introduced to uh, ZeroX Illuminati, and I'm starting to um, yeah co-host a few of these spaces. And I've been working with Kadem for a few months now, and then also um, M6 Labs uh, behind the scenes as well. But um, yeah, with no further ado, let's kick it off. Sounds good. Um, Aki, so you can start off. Uh, maybe we can kind of talk about the utility of Bitcoin. We can kind of get started there. Like, I think uh, the big question is why Bitcoin and why are there and why is there like a group of, of um, maxis on Twitter that keep pushing Bitcoin onto us? Yes, great, great question. And I think the big thing that, I mean, come from a, like I mentioned, distributed database background, software engineering. The biggest thing that surprised me when I came to Web3 uh, is that there are so many different philosophies and different perspectives and kind of different predictions of how the future, you know, will unfold. And people have different levels of, you know, rationality or rationalizations around it. And it's, and it's also obviously often very emotionally charged. And I imagine I really appreciate this session because we have a lot of people here, many who frankly have probably been in crypto longer than I have and have a lot of perspective from kind of what works, what doesn't work, what they're afraid of. 
But basically, Bitcoin, I mean, the way I look at it is there's kind of a, obviously a divide growing between, you know, Bitcoin, the kind of OG token, the first one to, you know, the biggest in terms of market cap today, but also slowest, you know, doesn't have, you know, smart contract abilities, just the kind of basic opcode stuff. And, uh, and you know, it, it's really hard to, like when people say build on Bitcoin, you know, it's not um, it's not as straightforward as building kind of on solidity or, or, or whatnot. So the, the 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 expressiveness, the features, you know, are not as much. But then again, on the safety side, it's safer. So it, it's it's just kind of two different worlds. And the way I you know, I think about it rightly or wrongly is it's kind of like, you know, back whatever, 20, 30 years ago, you had Unix, the the you know, the operating system Unix and you had Microsoft, the company. And so to some extent, it's like Bitcoin is like Unix, where all of the most of the devices we use, you know, Apple, um, you know, Android, they all run on Linux, which runs on Unix. So you have this kind of underlying low level technology. I mean, how many Unix kind of, you know, like, you know, scripting kind of people do you like interact with? Probably not a lot, but those are the people maintaining this kind of low level infrastructure that just is obviously open source, et cetera. And then you have Microsoft, you know, operating system kind of in this analogy where you, um, you know, you have like one company, it's got venture people and people kind of backing it. And Ethereum is more than that because it's a set of communities, but it's a little bit more of that kind of targeted approach um, with all the, and, and both approaches have the pros and cons, but the point is that they're different. And the people who are, and I'll speak to kind of Bitcoin maxis and the various shades of Bitcoin people in a moment too, because I think that's a really interesting question, part of the question. But, you know, it's basically different uh, goals, different philosophies, and of, in a way they're like different parts of the, the whole kind of Web3, you know, you know, ecosystem. And, and, and they've been kind of growing separate to some extent, growing at odds with each other to some extent, you know, you know, there, there were some obviously some historical reasons and so on, you know, and, and, and so, and there's also different use cases too. That's also a really important part of it. You know, countries, some countries and municipalities are starting to adopt Bitcoin on some level as a, you know, as something they'll have a wallet like El Salvador. And we haven't seen that. We have seen stable coins, of course, which is maybe the analog, uh, but, but, but it's just a different, it, it, it feels different. And so we kind of have these two worlds that feel different, but, but what do, you know, what do people want? And so when we, and I'll kind of, there's a lot of things even just to unpack what I just said, but, but, you know, what, what do people want? They want to be able to use, whether it's Bitcoin or Ether or whatever, they want to be able to use it safely and without, you know, losing it all by, you know, because of the actions of some kind of unregulated, you know, kind of, you know, fraudulent entity that has been known to happen in this space from time to time. And so every, everyone agrees, I think, that, you know, sound engineering principles and kind of sound, you know, money principles, maybe even that's a charge term, I don't know. But, you know, there, there's ways to build these things where it's better than, you know, other ways to build it, things where we kind of give you know our, our keys or our, our our assets to you know people uh, you know people who can then kind of you know do whatever they want with it so so the i think the goal is to enable these systems to kind of work with each other as best as possible and i think it's you know we want to enable a world where you know you you kind of have optionality and whatever you choose you're not going to just you know you're not just going to get rugged in one way or another and so Look, kind of to tie it back, I think the utility to answer your question more directly, the utility of Bitcoin, if Bitcoin is going to be either a store of value, which is, you know, some people argue it is, some people argue it isn't, whatever, if it's a store of value, if it's a method of payment, whatever it is, there needs to be, you know, like today you can buy Bitcoin and you can send Bitcoin to people or places. There needs to be some more advanced capabilities on top of that. And I think that's what people who are into Bitcoin today, who are, you know, interested in developing, I think that's basically what they're going for, whether they're doing Lightning or Avalanche BTCB or Stacks SBTC or what we're doing with DLCs. I think people just want kind of more technical capabilities out of that Bitcoin in a safe way that doesn't necessarily involve, you know, having to use a central custodian. Okay, 
That makes a lot of sense. So I have a, a, a add on to that question. So from both the user and the builder's point of view, what is like the USP um, for Bitcoin versus like Ethereum, for instance? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think the simplicity um, of, of Bitcoin makes it very more easily understood by kind of non-technical people. So I, I actually think that's it, kind of weird that like that might be an advantage, but I think it is. You know, I think they it's easy for kind of governments and countries to, you know, to, to just kind of understand what Bitcoin is. I think the the censorship resistance is definitely you know a use case of Bitcoin. I think the 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 you know the the twenty one million cap that's kind of interesting, um, and and some people really focus on that kind of predictable monetary policy. Um, you know, I, it basically the the best way to say it is Bitcoin is a mature kind of environment, whether it's like mature and outdated or mature and just mature and just kind of like, you know what you're getting. Um, th that's what Bitcoin represents. And in the world of crypto, you know, Bitcoin also just because it's it, it, it's so it, it was so much the genesis of a lot of this other stuff. There are more Bitcoin trading pairs to tokens typically than other other tokens. And there's more, you know, things correlate to Bitcoin and people talk about the Bitcoin price when they're looking at kind of crypto markets. And so there's just a lot of kind of, you know, that, you know, that first mover advantage in Bitcoin um, that I think is, you know, it's just not going away. And so instead of just thinking, hey, you know what, like ETH is just going to do everything and Bitcoin's going to go to zero. I think we should find ways to, to use that value and that kind of stability that comes from that maturity that that, you know, and hook that into our kind of projects on other chains. Nice. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, it almost feels like the more trustworthy it's like, I mean, I guess people use this a lot, but it's almost like the gold, but not so much in the price, but also in the reliability and the reputation of it too, right? versus yeah. like the other cryptocurrencies. Exactly. Reliability, the brand is kind of recognizable. Um, in, and there's kind of very predictable, you know, nature of it, the safety mechanisms built in. Uh, all, all of those are really, I, I think, really good. And then, and then just, I guess, the last point, which is important around utility is everyone who has Bitcoin knows that you can't, you, like, you can't yield farm it, right? You can't, like, just earn, uh, you know, yield on it just natively. Um, so, so basically, if, if you have a little bit of Bitcoin, I guess it's not a problem. You can just kind of eat that opportunity cost. You don't really mind. But if you're a corporation or a government or an institutional user or just a high net worth, you know, with a lot of Bitcoin, the more Bitcoin you have, the more the greater that opportunity cost becomes. And the more you become interested in thinking, gosh, where could I use this? Can I like take a loan on this stuff? Can I earn some sort of, you know, earn some sort of interest on this? Like, can I can I earn some APY on this or can I use it for something else or can I use it in another system? And and I think the you know, there's definitely a lot of you know, Bitcoin in the world that you know, and there's a lot of money obviously represented that just is kind of by, by definition searching for some, you know, some other utility other than just like buy and hold. Right. And I mean, like definitely tagging on to that. So um, I guess uh, in what ways does Bitcoin participate in DeFi right now? And then also like going into future, in what ways do you see it? Within yeah, DeFi? I mean. Happy to share just what we've seen over the, you know, over the more than a year of kind of working on this. I think the first kind of instinct for for some folks was, hey, let's build DeFi on Bitcoin. Like, let's just copy what already exists on ETH and whatever and just build it on Bitcoin. Oh, wait, you know, that's that turned out to, in my opinion, I don't think it's, you know, going to work because because you've got like slow block times, you don't have the expressiveness of, you know, on the smart contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, and it's just almost like, you know, it's just, it's a bit odd in terms of the use, if it's digital gold or store of value, whatever it may be to, you know, build like, you know, complex AMMs and stuff on top, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So instead, um, you know, I, I think the, um, um, 
uh, sorry, lost lost my train of thought a little bit. So I think what we're seeing is kind of I'm almost, almost starting to call it Bitcoin 2.0. It's people who want to take that you know underlying capability and the safety and maturity of Bitcoin, but apply it with new technology and like brand new technology in different ways. So for example. Avalanche BTCB, great example. You can, you know, block your Bitcoin into their system. They'll give you a wrapped Bitcoin. I mean, I should even take a step back. The whole WBTC, like the five, three to five billion or so of WBTC out there that people use, that was created as a workaround because people wanted to use their Bitcoin in ETH, of course. Um, you know, fast forward to today, you've got some more sophisticated technologies. Obviously, with w, uh, BTC, you have to send your Bitcoin to a custodian, the Bitco, and so you're subject to that counterparty risk. But but yeah, you're seeing BTCB. Like I mentioned, Stacks has one called SBTC. Um, there's there's another one called Nomic and Cosmos, NBTC, TBTC. There's so many kind of different forms of 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 people trying to solve this problem. And and I just I think that's really you know there's there's a new chain that came out yesterday, Zeta or something like that, Zeta. Um, it has kind of native Bitcoin support. You've got ThorChain with Bitcoin. Like people are trying to kind of bridge this divide because if you know, if nothing else, there's so many you know hundreds of billions of dollars of Bitcoin liquidity that could be useful in DeFi on ETH and Cosmos and on these other chains. And people are trying to kind of figure out how to unlock that. And and I think that's the big. You know, that's kind of where we are. And I, I think of that almost as like, Bit, I've called it, I wrote a blog post calling it Bitcoin Plus, like the Bitcoin Plus mentality. You want, you know, Bitcoin to be a safe reserve layer upon which DeFi, you know, is built on smart contracts and, you know, all that. Um, I, I think that's interesting. Um, or Bitcoin 2.0 as like, you know, but, but whatever you call it, it's just it's just the next generation of Bitcoin utility, you know, enabling Bitcoin to be used in these kind of various, you know, more interesting ways. Nice. So, OK, so we have the foundation here. We kind of talked about a few things around Bitcoin and DeFi and the uses right now and in the future. So maybe you can kind of tell us more about first, like what brought you to build on Bitcoin. Um, but also I would love to kind of go more into detail about DLC link and like kind of what you're building there and how Bitcoin's involved. Yeah, absolutely. After happy to happy to shill DLC link after shilling Bitcoin, feel free to you know throw cabbages at me virtually, guys and gals, if you, if you you know if you find it not not interesting. But um, but basically, we you know we're taking a, a kind of a new approach to to I guess I don't know wrapping bridging Bitcoin. What do we call it? Utilizing Bitcoin. Um, and the approach we're taking is what if you can lock Bitcoin on Bitcoin chain in an escrow and the and the, and and basically enable conditional payments through that escrow. So um, what I'm, we're specifically implementing a an invention by uh, from MIT by this guy, Taj, um, who co-created the Lightning Network four years ago. Um, he wrote this this white paper on DLCs, and basically DLCs just introduce like an off-chain oracle, and so it's a two of three multi-sig on Bitcoin chain where you know two parties can enter into this kind of you know um, uh, conditional payment structure. Basically, it generates these kind of pre-signatures for what are the potential outcomes that can happen, and then the oracle basically like reports the outcome. Said, all right, this one happened, and so therefore, you know, Alice, this is what you get, Bob, this is what you get. And so the, you know, when we when we kind of learned about this, um, there were some DLC teams that were building DLCs as um, basically an agreement between two people. Like, let's say like Kadim, you and I get into a sports bet and, you know, you take one side, I take the other, and then the Oracle tells us who won and then one of us gets, you know, wins the bet. That's sort of the way that the DLC teams have been thinking about it. Uh, what we what we realized is, wait a moment, this could actually be the, this could actually be a human interfacing with an app, like let's say on Ethereum. And you know, like, how would that work? Well, the, you, you know, the human, like, let's say I want to, for example, deposit Bitcoin as collateral and take a loan on it in like Aave, like that would be cool without using rapid BTC, just native Bitcoin directly. Um, well, I could, I could enter into one of these DLC escrows on Bitcoin chain 
and the counterparty would be connected to Ave, and I put my Bitcoin in there. And then basically once that escrow is funded, um, I, I, and I signed those kind of pre-signatures. So there's two potential outcomes. I either, you know, repay my loan and I get my Bitcoin back or I default at the, you know, 140% mark or whatever. Um, and, and then the Bitcoin is swept to, to the other side, right? So, so we could actually implement like a, like a, I don't want to say it's a smart contract. It's almost like a dumb contract because there's only two potential outcomes. But then I can trust Ave to basically you know, recognize that my deposit is valid, let me borrow on it, and then kind of go from there. Um, and that's the origin, that, that's kind of the vision that we're implementing. And, and this basically, I mean, I, I use lending often when I talk about this, um, you know, in videos and elsewhere, but really it enables any kind of interaction where Bitcoin is conditionally moved. You know, like um, it, can, it can be a sports bet or it can be an insurance contract or it can be some sort of derivative system or whatever. But basically, it's a way to, you know, have Bitcoin move based on the output of an external oracle. And, and, we, and we're bu building a platform to make it easy for developers to integrate this. So, you know, right now, like building all of this is very clunky, you know, difficult. There's pieces kind of missing. We're building this just kind of kind of middleware where, you know, if, if you have, a, a, you know, a DeFi app or some other type of app where you want to add support for native Bitcoin um, and you're EVM compatible, you could just basically, you know, add, add our kind of uh, components on there and then you, you could actually uh, enable this kind of interaction. So that's what we're building toward. Um, it's still pretty early because this stuff is just net new. I mean, has not, this is a completely different approach. We, I actually call it self-wrapping, like um, in contrast to, you know, BTCB or the other form or WBTC or whatever, you're not sending it somewhere to be wrapped. You're actually entering into an escrow and, and kind of that escrow wraps it. And, and, and so you can actually see the Bitcoin locked in your wallet, uh, which is kind of cool. So you can, in a sense, you retain custody of it. It's in a multi-sig. Um, but anyway, you've self-wrapped it. You've agreed to the potential outcomes. You can use that, you know, wrapped representation in the in the app. And then, you know, if you if you default or whatever, then then it, it's swept away. Otherwise, you get it back. That's like a really simple kind of instance of what a DLC, you know, could look like. And um, we have a prototype of this, um, and, and we've been partnering with Chainlink to really kind of you know, get this developed. And, and later over the coming months, we're going to have some actual applications that people can play with and see this interaction. Nice. Okay. So that that's definitely a lot of information. So I guess if you were to give a TIL DR of what a DLC is, can you kind of give that maybe in like two sentences? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's the ability to conditionally move native Bitcoin on while keeping it on Bitcoin chain and use that Bitcoin in Ethereum applications um, in, you know, in, in any way uh, using just smart contract logic and without needing a custodian or a bridge. Okay, so you won't have to. Okay, so that's that's I guess like the biggest thing is like you won't have to use a bridge because bridges have. I mean, what what are your thoughts on bridges? Yeah, I mean, bridges bridges are challenging to secure because they're built to you know transport value from one address to another, and so if they get hacked, they get drained. Um, basically, it's you know you have to kind of secure all of the smart contract. There's a lot of risk in in, in bridges, and I think we've seen a lot of bridge hacks and stuff that has kind of reinforced this. Um, this is not. This doesn't involve bridging because it's just the the two part, the party and the counterparty, just putting it in an escrow, um, and so there's only two potential places the Bitcoin can go. It, it cannot be like hacked and like the value drained. Uh, it either goes back to the original user or goes back to their counterparty. Uh, but it, 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 there's no way it can like the the addresses cannot be changed. So you just can't just send the Bitcoin to like some third party hacker. Okay, makes sense. Okay, I, um, I guess the, okay. Uh, oh, just sir, just to kind of add, I, it really is most similar to wrapping, except you don't use a custodian. You are using Bitcoin Chain 
period. You're not using any other chain systems or whatever. You're just, you're blocking it on Bitcoin chain and you're wrapping it there. That's probably the best kind of mental image for this. So it's almost like, uh, it's like a smart contract in a parallel universe, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess. Yeah. And the parallel universe is Bitcoin chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I just to further add to that, oh sorry, Caden, no, you can, you go, can go. It's you can okay. Go I was just going to ask, and then it's based on the the price of the oracle, which will be when it is unlocked to either whichever party. Yeah. So um, yes, but um, when I say oracle, this is also, and you know, bear with me. This stuff is all new. So the. There's actually two oracles in, involved, and this is why our partnership with Chainlink is so important. We don't, our oracle is technically an oracle because it's an off-chain kind of entity, but all our Bitcoin, we call it Bitcoin oracle does, it opens and closes the escrow. So that's all it does. Um, it, you, you can basically, the, you can integrate any kind of price feeds, you know, Chainlink, Oracle feed, whatever you want any kind of smart contract logic, any kind of automation, any of that can integrate into it. But our, the, it's not even like a smart contract on Bitcoin. It's really, I mean, I, we got to figure out a better word. It's a dumb contract on Bitcoin because it just opens and closes based on an input it receives and that's all. And so the way you generate that input, you know, like you're going to have Aave monitor the price and the oracles and whatever, like, all of that is going to be done. All the calculations going to be done on ETH. And then the output said, all right, well, now you have defaulted. Signal goes to Bitcoin Oracle. Oracle said, all right, you defaulted. And then that's it. Okay, thanks for explaining that. That's uh, perfect. It's kind of like a true-false switch, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, technically, our Bitcoin Oracle support up to 10,000 potential outcomes. But um, so it can do more sophisticated kind of things. But honestly, usually it's kind of binary in, in, in many of the practical kind of applied cases that we've seen that, that are actually things that people might do, like lending. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of one way or the other, which makes it a lot simpler to kind of think about. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm still wrapping my mind around this. Um, this is very, very interesting. So I guess, like, why do you think that there aren't a lot of people building on this technology? It's it's very new. So, you know, it, this I mean, technically the idea for this has existed for a couple of years, but it wasn't really usable until Taproot uh, was released November 2021 because Taproot for Bitcoin introduced two kind of capabilities, uh, Schnorr signatures and PTLC that were that were required to basically make this feasible. Um, and so it's this is just really you know it, the implementation of this uh, is just is just totally new. And so we you know we're taking this kind of position. We're we're looking to you know turn this into something that is valuable and useful. And so we often are the first people to kind of evangelize this, where the, you know, people come to us with questions of, hey, I've got this such and such an app or this use case, could this be done with DLCs? Does it make sense? And so we're just, you know, we're really, yeah, we're evangelizing this, this idea that actually you could have, like in theory, you could have like a wrap Bitcoin without WBTC, which would be really cool, not because I don't like WBTZ, I think they've done a phenomenal job, but there's just, you know, only just because of the counterparty risk, right? Like what if, like we don't know how these, I mean, obviously these custodians, they do a good job in normal times, whatever, but we don't know at the end of the day, like what is the risk for, you know, catastrophically losing all your Bitcoin that is, you know, wrapped in WBTC or anywhere else. Like we just don't have a lot of years of kind of experience and we don't know all the things that could happen. And so if the point of Bitcoin is to have this kind of uncorrelated different system of like putting your, you know, your assets in a safe place, then to take that decentralized Bitcoin and to send it to a centralized entity to use in decentralized finance, just absolutely that bottleneck doesn't make sense. And so, 
with with this, our goal is that over the coming months and years, as, as this gets you know more developed and more you know broadly built upon and used in different projects, you know we can just keep it decentralized the whole way through and just not have any custodians involved or not have any you know counterparties or whatever points of failure that don't technically need to be there. And and just a quick thing, I know I've been kind of on these longer monologues here. The funny thing is, uh, kind of ironic, uh, is if you're if you're a Bitcoin maxi, and we didn't talk about maxis, obviously there there's more extreme ones and whatever. But if you have Bitcoin today, if you want to take a loan on it, you have to send it to a custodian. If you're like in the complete Bitcoin maxi camp, you know totally cool that that's what somebody believes in but there's no you have to take your bitcoin and send it to you know the custodian behind the lender and that doesn't make any sense either basically you cannot use your bitcoin without centralizing it today and that stinks whatever you believe in that stinks yeah so essentially like the way that DeFi is done right now is kind of just a mixture of systems just to make it work but it, it's not like when you look at it at, from the back end, like it doesn't actually make sense the way things are moved around and assets are moved around. Exactly. Today we have a situation where like you can earn one to 3%, you know, yield or return on your Bitcoin, but then you have the risk of losing all of it. If something goes wrong, something unknown thing goes wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's where like the systems side to DeFi is today, unfortunately with respect to Bitcoin. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. So um, in terms of like DLC link, uh, what are some of the things that you guys are working on this year? And some of the things that like you're more excited to see happen? Yeah, yeah. Last year was very much kind of R&D for us. We're just, you know, building the first, um, in many of the first kind of instantiations of, of these are you know, we're not necessarily the very, we're not the first team to ever work on DLCs. Uh, there's a, a team called Sherdbits that has done a great job maintaining the spec and so on. But but we're taking you know we're the first ones to take this approach of kind of we want to make this modular and plug it into all the apps and wallets and any chain and anybody that would want to use this. So that's that we're just making it easy and accessible and 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 we're the leaders in that. And so last year was a lot of actually building out those modules like a you know DLC signing library for bitcoin wallets so they can actually you know do these escrow signatures and and the uh, you know oracle network that the bitcoin oracle network and you know various types of smart contracts for different uses on different chains and, and kind of documenting it. So so we've been and there's also like a bunch of little things that you would normally think of like um, you know, if you have these escrows, you have to like store all this data in long-term cloud storage. So you need like a cloud storage server, ideally cloud, you know, so it's kind of replicated, whatever. So there's all these kind of little, little, you know, pieces to, to just make this thing seamless. So we've been putting that together. Um, last November, we finally got a prototype that actually works and, and, it, and it works in MetaMask and, and it works in um, uh, Stacks has a wallet called Hero. And so we basically um, got that prototype and kind of that proof of concept, showed it to our partners at Chainlink. They got really excited about it, which is great. They've been a tremendously helpful partner in, in, in this journey. And um, and yeah yeah so this year our next kind of you know tactical steps are to get this out in some apps that you all can play with it and use it and build on it. So the first app that's launching is going to be still on the Stacks chain. Um, we partnered a lot with Stacks uh, over the over the years. So um, it's a lender called Arcadico. They're launching the ability to just deposit Bitcoin and you can take a loan on it using their stablecoin USDA, uh, which is just kind of a smaller stablecoin on, on Stacks. Um, then the next application we're thinking of launching is actually kind of different, um, maybe in the next two months or so. Um, we want to give people the ability to back to to mint a Bitcoin-backed NFT. So you lock Bitcoin in into this escrow, you mint an NFT, and that NFT is like a proof of collateral 
it's like a NFE, you know, it's like <laughs> non-fungible escrow, but it's like a proof of collateral NFT that shows that actual Bitcoin is, is locked. And that's something that you can kind of potentially lend or borrow against. We're talking to Arcade XYZ and some other kind of NFT lenders about that. So that would be really interesting. You know, it would be like a different type of NFT that just shows that Bitcoin is locked. Um, we're working with Chainlink's proof of reserve team to figure out, you know, like proof of reserve. Like, you're, you know, Chainlink has a service where they kind of ping wallets and they basically say, like, is the balance there? Is the balance there? Yep, yep, yep. So we're like, hey, imagine like in addition to pinging the wallet, you could actually lock the value in an escrow. And the only way it can be unlocked is if the Chainlink server, you know, server allows it to be. So it'd be kind of an extension to their you know, like that would be cool, uh, especially with respect to Bitcoin. Like you, you can do these escrows on ETH and, you know, but just with respect to Bitcoin. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of Bitcoin used to secure, you know, stable coins and things like that. So that's a use case. Um, and just there's a lot of, you know, like we, we love working with kind of teams and hearing pitches of like, hey, can you do this? Could you could I use it in my game? You know, could I have Bitcoin in this game? Could I have, you know, um, could there be like more complex products? Um, could there be more complex kind of custodial white glove services where the Bitcoin is kept separate? Like there's just so many kind of uses and, and just we're just trying to, you know, work with teams and hear all the pitches and help as much as we can. And um, um, I think later this year we'll do some more hackathons. We did a hackathon last year uh, at Stacks. That was pretty cool, but I think we could do a lot more. Um Right now, we're working on our, our ETH, uh, our Solidity contracts and having that out um, and, do and having the documentation and all of that out. Then we'll be, you know, working on our Cosmos, uh, you know, uh, capabilities and basically just trying to, you know, just get this out there and just create buzz and, and just kind of educate people that like this is actually possible. Like you could actually do finance, like you could have a credit market on Bitcoin without relying on custodians decentralized the whole way through it would be just the dream it would be like the vision of crypto kind of realized you know at least on the bitcoin side so we're really excited about it obviously i talk a lot because i get so jazzed up about it but i think we're just going to see a lot more you know news and developments coming out of our you know out of this kind of movement this year nice so would you say that institutions are open to this like how are they feeling about this I think institutions love it. I mean, retail likes it. Like, you know, if you've got a couple thousand dollars in Bitcoin, you, you, you care. You don't want to lose that or you don't want to endanger it. But if you're an institution, if your job is to, you know, you either have Bitcoin on your balance sheet as a, as a company, maybe you're not even in crypto. You're just, you know, you just believe in, you know, that, that stability that Bitcoin represents and you want to have it or heck, you're speculating. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, if you, if, if you just, the more and more Bitcoin you have, um, the more <laughs> you start to worry about counterparty risk uh, and, and, you know, catastrophic counterparty risk when you have a lot of Bitcoin is, is truly catastrophic to, you know, not just you, but, you know, your company, everyone's careers, all the lost money. So there's, you know, we just want to, we kind of, this basically, I don't want to say it's going to solve the kind of crisis, the crises we saw over the last six months, but it's pretty much the, you know, the, the opposite of, of, of that, you know, it's like, Hey, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have any institutions involved if we don't have to because we don't want to have to trust an institution we just want to trust the blockchains and the and the auditable code on you know throughout okay nice yeah so i'm, I'm definitely like very excited to see what happens within that space in the next year um you know i i think that there's a lot of changes going on in DeFi, and as people are looking for like a truly decentralized transaction transaction process like from like beginning to end i think you know this could be like a really good option i think so too should nice. we take some questions maybe or yeah i've got another one for you i've just got another comment i guess this is will only add additional value to bitcoin because you're adding more functionality because like you explained before at the moment we're kind of limited on what you can really do with it compared to other erc based tokens so 
I think it's kind of a bullish thing and all the maxis should be getting behind you and shilling quite hard. I, I think so. I, I hope, you know, I hope that people on both sides, what's been interesting is some of our biggest fans are people who are in, you know, the ETH and DeFi and, you know, the, the kind of the broader Web3 world, because I mean, anybody who, you know, anybody who's been in crypto for a while, we all have some Bitcoin, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, but we all have some of it. And we all kind of, you know, intimately, like for many people, Bitcoin is like the gateway experience they got. And so, you know, even if you haven't used it a whole lot in the last, you know, couple of years, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's there, you kind of understand it. But to bring together the two worlds and to really hook into all of the things that have been invented, you know, in the, especially in the EVM space, but, you know, in the kind of multi-chain space, there's so much innovation going on. You know, this this would be like a Bitcoin native way to connect Bitcoin into that too, in, in with a relatively simple mechanism that's, you know, very, um, very safe because you basically, you know, you keep the escrow decentralized. It's in everybody's wallets. You don't have to, there's no bridge. Like it, it's, it's very elegant actually. Um, so we're just, we're jazzed about this actually turning into, you know, a real, you know, real layer that things are built on. And will there be any fees associated with providing the service? Because I guess the way that you've explained it, it seems difficult to derive fees and it will, cost to also get these yeah cost also for you yeah great no great question i mean every you know we're for-profit company and we generate want to generate a profit so that we can keep doing what we do and keep making it better um really simple our business model is we just take an, a fee on the amount escrowed so you know if you're depositing it as collateral and we're enabling that deposit to happen then we'll take a fee on, you know, on 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 the um, basically the a cut of the transaction fees that you normally pay, whether that's an origination fee for the creation of the loan or the, you know a fee on the interest. Uh, we're still you know playing with with different scenarios, uh, but it actually in that regard it actually enables a lot more kind of complexity as well. We've we've been talking to you know liquidity providers and different platforms that would want to integrate us as a layer on top of what they offer and they're like, hey, but the only thing is we can't figure out how to, you know, charge a fee. Like, how do we make money for, you know, provisioning this liquidity? And we're like, well, actually, through the escrow, you know, system, you can because you can just charge a fee there and you can take a subset of our fee or, you know, a subset of the lending fee. So it's actually really easy to integrate fees into this, this structure um, more so than with just regular Bitcoin today. No, thanks so much for answering. That's uh, that's great. Kadem, have you got anything else to add? Or anyone from the audience, feel free to raise your hand and uh, we'll promote you to the stage and you can uh, ask your question. Yeah, I think I'm good on questions on my side. Um, we definitely, we got a chance to cover a lot. I'm definitely very excited about DeFi and Bitcoin, um, but also DLC Link. Um, so yeah, it looks like we have someone that just came up. looks like they're connecting uh or okay it looks like they actually dropped off um okay we'll give them a second to uh try again if anything you could also comment any questions you have um in the meantime Aki, i'll give you the stage to like leave with any closing thoughts that you might have that you want to say or anything that you might not have mentioned so far Yep. Should we give uh, Azizula? Oh, no, unfortunately, dropped again. Um, yeah, just um, really, really simple. We, if you're, you know, a developer or an entrepreneur, you're building something, you want to add Bitcoin support, um, especially if you're on EVM, just because that's where we're, you know, where we're going first. Uh, please drop us a line. Uh, find us, you know, website dlc.link, um, Twitter. Um, you know, we've got videos etc um so just yeah just reach out to us let us know there's an ebook on our site too that kind of walks through 
you know what what the various kind of forms of rat bitcoin are and how what we do diff are you know differ and i know i rattled off a lot of kind of technical detail there's a blog you can look at it so yeah just find us reach out um don't be shy we love just kind of hearing from you know what people want to see built and and then we're going to have a lot of updates uh, later this year these you know, we're launching our alpha soon uh, with Arcadico. We're going to be launching our beta, this NFT app um, after that. And um, and then we're launching more, you know, we've got a, a number of different use cases and betas lined up for, for the latter half of the year. So I'm really excited to, this will be the year where you all start to see this, this uh, technology working. And um, I just, I feel really good about it because basically the, the one piece that I didn't mention that I probably should is, you know, I also personally believe that we're going towards a future where wallets become a lot more powerful. Like, you know, your wallet is just not just a place to hold a particular token, but more kind of like, you know, in China, they have WeChat where you can do all these kind of financial services right out of your wallet. And I think we could have that with, you know, crypto and Bitcoin, too. I think we're going towards that world now. And also multi-chain. I mean, these wallets also need to support, you know, multiple chains, obviously. But just the ability to, like, imagine, like, if you have your, you know, your, your Bitcoin in a wallet, and you can, like, take a loan right from the wallet and then take it in a stable coin and then use that USDC for something else. And, and, and all the other kind of use cases that right now are pretty like separate experiences with, you know, where the wallet's like something you used to log in, but you could actually do it like your wallets could have app directories and have these apps in there. And and I think when, you know, we see like hundreds of thousands of people in this small country of El Salvador adopting Bitcoin and Russia and Iran and whatever, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> countries with, you know, good countries, bad countries, whatever we want to call them, people are just kind of poking around and, and using Bitcoin. I think we could have these, you know, future systems where you could really do a lot of your, you know, financial transactions right right from your wallet and it will just work and you don't have to and you're not going to lose it because you're just not going to be subject to somebody's you know bad business decisions and that's that's the future i want yeah definitely i'm looking forward to the day when our wallet is our passport i think that's huge and you know i, I feel like i have a really strong feeling feeling that one day we'll kind of look at the way that we have a different password and the username for each website now as so like archaic and foolish. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the day when our wallets become more powerful and more um, integrated into our lives. Absolutely. I guess yeah, any um, other quest questions from the audience? People aren't uh, people aren't into uh, low level <laughs> Bitcoin escrow ops as much as I am, and I get that, and I you know wear that mm -hmm. you know badge proudly. <laughs> I think they're taking in all the knowledge that they just got today. Um, I think there's a lot to absorb, um, but luckily we'll turn them into call notes, so this will all be in um, writing in a thread. And we'll also have the um, recording here on our page too, so you could listen to it again. Um, yeah, but I would love to thank everyone for joining again today. Uh, we have our round table multiple times a week. Um, we're gonna have a, a set time each week soon. Um, so look out for that. Um, but you can also subscribe to our newsletter in our bio, the links there, um, where we have a weekly newsletter, just going over like the, um, best opinions on in crypto Twitter at the moment. Um, but also we have all of our announcements coming through there. Um, we're also hosting a workshop uh, tomorrow on becoming a blockchain sleuth. Uh, we're hosting that in partnership with Footprint um, Analytics. So definitely tune in for, for that. That's going to be on Discord. And we're having some giveaways there. Um, it looks like we might have one question. Let's see. I blame Elon Musk for these uh, latency issues. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, this loading is like dial-up. Okay, hi. Welcome up. Okay. Um, 
TK3, you're on mute, by the way. Do you have a question? Uh, I think. Hey there, we hear, we hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Do you have a question? Okay, I think we might be having connectivity issues. Um, you can always send a question in the comments. Uh, or even we can send it afterwards and we can try to get an answer for you too. Um, Ali, do you have any closing thoughts? I think uh, I don't really have anything else too much to add to the question, but I would just say I'm um, super bullish on this idea of, you know, the having a having your wallet and being able to sign transactions and the future of uh, using it for your identity, but then also for the exchange of data between uh, different entities and that you will just use your uh, wallet to authorize it. So I think it's coming in the future, but uh, super bullish on it as a side note. Definitely. Same here. It's very exciting. Um, so yeah, Aki, I'll let you end it off with a final thought and um, we'll finish off the call. Yeah, just uh, thanks everyone for coming, listening. You're all a part of this. Um, and uh, yeah, just don't don't be shy. Look into this stuff. If you know, if you yourself are interested in, you know, using native Bitcoin in your app, or if you know someone who is, please just spread the word. We've got, you know, follow us on Twitter. We've got, also have a Discord channel. Um, you can access it from, uh, you know, from our website. Uh, jump in there. Um, this is just new. This is new stuff, and there's a lot of, and it can get very technical very quickly. But you know, we're we're we try to be as accessible as possible. So pop us a question in our Discord too. And and um, yeah, thanks. Uh, looking forward to. I mean, this, this, all of this is, has been basically a year of work. And so I'm really excited for what this year brings. By the end of this year, I think we're going to have, you know, real applications using real Bitcoin. And it's just going to, it's just going to, it's going to explode because it's going to be, it's just the way things should be built. And that's just the simple fact. And, and, and that's, that's why I know this is going to be successful. But thanks for having nice. me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things that you guys will work on this year. Um, thank you, everyone, and have a great day. See you guys. Have a good night. Have a good one.